Hello, everyone. Welcome to this week's Taking Care of Business. This week on the show, we've got our CEO, Lewis Alsop, and we've got, uh, this is why I've said you first, five times world record holder. Someone who's run 40 marathons in 40 days, and I'm sure multiple other things we're going to talk about. Lee Ryan, as we're well. talking about me now, I'm still yes. going to say, <laughs> intro, we've got Lewis here. I mean, you've got a world five-time record, world record holder. That's why you went first. I've actually done a marathon, have you? <laughs> Have you no, good, good point. Well, I'm in charge. So. <laughs> have you climbed Kilimanjaro? No. Just me. I did do a 5K. I have not, so, so just I'm you. So like an ultra athlete. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, enough of the introductions. <laughs> so obviously it's Dubai uh, 30 times 30 challenge, which is half an hour of exercise for 30 days on the trot. I think it's something Sheikh Hamdan started a few years ago to tackle the growing uh, diabetes crisis, yeah, <laughs> growing people, people uh, in Dubai, and it's something that's that's taken off and, and really formed wings over the last few years. And especially as a company this year, we're really getting behind it. We've got loads of events from runs down at Kite Beach to uh, uh, high intensity classes at Boxico. We've got league tables. We just had an inquest with <laughs> one of the girls who's doing forty thousand steps a day. Yeah, she is. She's definitely <laughs> put the step. Uh, parameter on a dog or something. A hundred percent. So there, there's loads we're going to talk about today, but I was saying to Lee uh, off camera, I'm genuinely fascinated by this conversation as well. And I really feel that many people, and I mean this really respectfully to, to you, Lee, might not have heard of you before this podcast or might not be aware of you, but I genuinely think something within this podcast people can take away and change at least an element of the lives, if not the lives, just by their, their approach to their, their physical being, which then goes to their mental being, which can lead to, to, all, to all areas of life. So I've got a question for you. World record. Yep. What have you got a world record for? Five of them, sorry. Five of them. So starting with 24 hours of burpees. So wow. 10,110, which was funny enough, just in the du Dubai Autodrome here. Motor City, yeah. Yeah, so it coincided with the 24-hour Hancock car race, so one of our key sponsors. 10,000 burpees. 10,110 burpees in 24 hours. Are you allowed to rest at any point? You can do whatever you want within that 24 hour period. I could have gone to bed for six hours as long as I can do those reps or whatever reps are dictated by Guinness World Records. And who, what was the record before? Just the that? record before that was 6,000. Wow, so smashed it. So you didn't just go 6,010. Yeah. I just kept going <laughs> because <laughs> within that as well, there was the 12 hour record, which was 6,800. And that was previously 4,000 and most in a minute which was 47 which i believe was 45 before i broke it and these were on knuckles as well so they were on still there, the record um i believe the minute has gone um and the 12 hours has gone i think the 10 the 24 hours could still be there i don't know so your five records were all based on the thousand burpees no so though those are three records itself and then i ran the fastest half marathon in the world with a 20 pound backpack well what pace from now um so i did that in one hour 32 minutes so that's around Four, four, fifteen. You know, I ran my marathon at six hours and five minutes. The whole thing with no backpack. <laughs> <laughs> still a marathon, though. Still, right? still, still a marathon. Middle. Um, and the latest one was the fastest marathon, pushing a double stroller with both my daughters in in the Dubai Marathon. Wow. 2020. Oh, wow. And most people, as parents, say to me, "How do you keep your kids in a pram for three and a half hours?" Not congratulations on running a marathon, pushing them. Was it an iPad? <laughs> yeah, yeah. What have your iPads involved? It was a rotation of snacks, yeah, and and sweets all the way around. But they enjoyed it. They ended up putting the the iPads away for a bit and having a sleep at the end. Wow. For which I had to wake them up because, like, there's no way if we get this record, yeah. you're going to be asleep in this photo. I want to shake hands for that. That's amazing. Thank you, mate. I appreciate that. Uh, we did notice off camera, by the way. So. Part of my podcast is I like to ask questions raw, so I understand that myself. That is so impressive. So 
I think when I digest that, I think I would like to know really why do you do it? Well, what's the reason? Because Paul said off camera that you did something in lockdown as well. I did something in lockdown. So in lockdown, I ran a marathon in my back garden. And I live in Town Square, so those gardens aren't very big. So the question I had on that is, as well, like Lewis says, why? But how do you prepare yourself mentally to do something like that? Going back to Lewis's question, why do I do this? I came through a lot of trauma in life. We lost our son. I lost my mom to cancer. And a lot of these moments of me from an endurance perspective, spending a lot of time on my own was a sense in my reckoning part of my grieving process to basically go away, cry, talk to myself, just refresh myself for me to come back and obviously be a solid pillar of strength and support for my wife who had to go through something significantly more than I did. Um, and then I just grew traction on that and I started to raise awareness for the charities that helped support us through these moments. Um, and then that's continued on. Knowing what I have, I need to set myself that challenge, whether it is a 5K, which sometimes can be one of the hardest things ever, or running a marathon in my back garden because it was one of those things during the pandemic everyone took it very personally in the beginning everyone took it why me i've trained for this why am i not going to get my medal yeah. and i thought to myself and i spoke to my wife and she understands um i need to challenge myself i need to give myself a bit and hopefully someone somewhere will get inspired by it to say it's okay and during that that marathon i got a few messages on instagram saying i literally was about to drive myself to a bridge or wow. to kill myself and you said you're going through this and i try to be very transparent with why i do it and how hard i find it and yes i've got five world records and i've run over 100 races whatever it may be but for every one i've won yeah. i failed 10 times and i'm very honest with that and not a lot of people are especially on social media everything's a perfect day yeah. Um, and then from that, I ran that marathon in my back garden. I said, right, that hasn't quite ticked the box. So the week later, I ran 100 kilometers in my back garden as testament to the frontline workers here for COVID. When they're working 15, 16, 17 hour days, it took me just over 15 hours to run a marathon, uh, ultra marathon in my back garden, 100 kilometers back and forth. So, so you were literally just running up and down the Running up and down my garden, garden three and a half thousand times. Um, yeah, starting from two o'clock in the morning, literally from my back gate, to the front of my drive and back. And my daughters came out and ran with me. My wife ran her first 5K and a lot of people said, thank you very much. Could you've just inspired me to run up and down my studio and do what I can with what I have. Yeah. And it isn't always picture perfect or Instagrammable. Sometimes you just have to do something wherever you can. So is your, your kind of why or your purpose, coming back to my question about the mental strength, that strong that that, that pushes you forward? Or how do you, after... Running up and down the length of your garden a thousand times, carry on because I'm speaking for me and probably most people watching. Yeah, I, I'm. I'm going to be honest. I probably come a point where I think oh, I can't keep doing this. Like I, oh, I'm not mentally stimulated enough. There's to- many a battle. There's many a doubt. But at the same time, when you speak to a lot of people that have done these big challenges, like one more step, without being cliche and cheesy, that one more step is just about possible. And it's as simple as that. You, you, you just literally strip it down to the basic term. And I've learned the hard way. Sometimes that, that burden of social media, that representation that you put yourself out there, how people watch, yeah. how they laugh before they applaud, it does weigh on you. And a couple of those moments where it hasn't gone, quite gone to plan, I can pretty much say I knew other people knew my result before I did when I had to stop in marathons and stuff like that. And a part of it was just going, this is for me exploring what I can do, hopefully inspire a few people. Um, 
and it just makes it a bit more achievable. I wouldn't say it doesn't make it any easier, but it just goes, right, I know the outcome on this, whatever's possible is possible. So with obviously your family tragedies I heard at the start, and this is really not nice to hear that for anybody, of course. Did we, when you went through that, were you, before that, that happened, was you into fitness at that point or not? As a kid, hated sport, really? hated fitness, um, was an only child, was quite an isolated child. My dad was in the military, so we moved around quite a lot. Um, was bullied at school. And my dad was actually a PT within the military. So okay. he was in the military for 22 years. And going through puberty, picked up my dad's dumbbells that were in the garage, started to lift weights, do some sit-ups because going out on the weekend, I want to meet some girls and just feel a bit more confident about myself. I really found that niche. And a friend of mine said, why don't you do this as a job? You're in the gym. You seem to be quite capable. Um, and I've gone through all of those avenues of trying to build muscle. One of my first goals was to be on the front of men's fitness. Yeah. And I managed to tick that box because I wanted to say before I had kids. Full of dad box. Yeah, yeah, this is what yeah. it used to be like. Yeah. used to be pretty cool. For the chicken dinosaurs <laughs> yeah. the chips. Yeah, and then I got a phone call to come to Dubai to open the first fitness first gym here as a gym manager. And then just grew into that aspect of being fit and healthy. Um, but then through those tragedies, so to speak, the endurance aspect of me putting myself in those vulnerable positions, that's when I started to find that enjoyment and find that value. Was that, do you think this was more to uh, mask over the emotions? Or yeah, was it, yeah, 100%, because the backpack world record came from essentially me feeling the burden of carrying some thoughts. Yeah. So that was, my, that was my transition of trying to do that. And I trained many times to run the marathon, London Marathon with, yeah. with it as well. Um, and I achieved that result and basically just pushed that to the side. I never really wanted to look upon that again. Um, and then it started to grow and just push myself. And it, it ended up being that mentality of you don't have to win to be a winner, so to speak. A medal doesn't necessarily mean anything more value. And as you've said, you, you took that long in a marathon. Yeah. It's the same medal as the person that won. Exactly. So it doesn't matter how you do it. And that's that, that thing. It's always a, how quick did you do it? I, I always think with, um, when you talk about challenging Sabbath, when I went through a phase when I was younger, I said at the start joking that I did Kevranjaro and I climbed the marathon. I was never like fit. I didn't lift the weight until I was 26, yeah. which is crazy. I'm 37 yeah. now, and now I'm like heavily into fitness. But at that point, it was, I always thought about why I, why I did the marathon and why I did that. And I think I was trying to prove a point to myself. Mm. And I think that mental engagement, say, I can do that and I'll show you what I can do it. I think a lot of people go through that process. It's n never like, oh, I'm, I'm going to do this because I like it. It's yeah. more, there's a mental trigger in your head where you say, I'm going to do this and your stubbornness will get yeah. you through to a phase of... Uh, but that intrinsic goal setting is such a valuable asset to have. Yeah. As opposed to seeing someone on Instagram or friends going, right, if they look like that and they can do it, I surely can do it. Yeah. That's where people falter. And if you're doing it to prove other people wrong or right, yeah. you're always going to find an excuse not to do it because it wasn't wasn't your idea, so to speak. Yeah. And that's why I'll say when when I coach people, I'll never tell someone to do something. I'll never go, have you ever thought of running a marathon? Yeah. Because I give them that responsibility so they can blame me for it going wrong. If they come to me and say, right, I've had an idea, I mean, so now, sorry, I was just going to bring it back to, because I was saying it, like people could watch this and I genuinely think this conversation could, I don't think it's too strong to say change someone's life in some way. So 
But I just want to bring it back a little bit. So obviously we're talking about marathons and K2 and everything else, but yeah. most people watching probably thinking, well, I'm never going to climb K2 or, or do yeah. something like this. So how, because I know you train people through Adidas Running Club and, and everything else, you train people. So what's the mental benefits that people can get, whether it's overcoming grief or just dealing with stress and dealing with life from, yeah. and again, like you said, off camera, sometimes 1K can be the hardest run someone ever does, can be harder for that individual than climbing K2. Yeah. So, what's, I guess, some of the mental benefits or what are the mental benefits of? I think it's understanding why you're doing it. And a lot of people say to me, running's boring, but sometimes people just aren't used to their own company. And it tends to be, you're just not understanding why you're there and why you're doing it, whether you want to just disappear and have a bit of a break from the family, weight loss or whatever it may be. But it's understanding what you're doing it for. And sometimes that comes down to goal setting. Yeah. We all need that goal. It doesn't have to be a world record. It doesn't have to be literally to climb a mountain. And with Adidas runners, the, the, the mantra was always, every pace has a place. Yeah. And you could be training for the Olympics and we've had a few Olympians come through the group, but we've had also people that are running one kilometer and that is their moonshot, that is their goal. And we invest in that and give them value and let them understand that, that social aspect of running. A marathon isn't the be all and end all. Um, and it's, putting it in the context of property, it's sometimes you don't have the 10 bedroom mansion at the beginning. You sometimes you just got to do a flat share or a studio apartment and go, right, understand this. This is absolutely perfect for what you have. And then your next step. And then your next step, I'm 40, 41 in a couple of months. I've been doing it for 26 years. I'm still learning. I still don't know all the answers. And it's people that want to know all the answers tomorrow. Yeah. And it's that cliche process over result and stuff like that. Just enjoy it. It's, it is a lifestyle. It is tough. It is commitment, but just allow yourself just to have some fun with it. I said this about uh, so one of our friends looking at buying a house and it's exactly what he said. This guy was like, I want this house. And the house was like more than the guy could afford. And I was like, just get on the ladder. Mm. Get on the ladder. And then in a year or yep. two years, you upgrade and you upgrade. And it's the same thing in the running process that you just said. You got to get on and just make gradual improvements. Yeah, everyone, yeah. everyone wants to be in property terms. They want the 10 bed house, but they're not willing to put their their time into buying the first out running wise. They don't want to do 26 miles yeah. on the spot. They need to do one mile and two miles. Everyone three. had a day one. Exactly. Everyone had a day one and not everyone's willing to admit that. Yeah. The Instagram coaches or YouTube coaches, it's like, right, get this result tomorrow, my 10 day process. Everyone was the first day in the gym. I still get intimidated walking into the gym if I'm not used to that environment. Is that if he's there? Yeah, yeah, definitely. Like pretty intimidating in the gym. Whoa, yeah. I'm seeing that. <laughs> but that's what people just need to understand. Yeah. And just come to that realization, you, everyone had to start. Everyone had to be a beginner. And essentially, yes, all the goals that I've achieved, but I'll always address a new goal by going, right, I'm starting from scratch. It doesn't matter what I've done before because I'm different, different stresses, I'm older, with different things going on in my life. I need to understand that you need to build yourself back up again. Do you think fitness, if you take away the awards and the accolades and the amazing stuff, just break it down to someone's psychological being, do you think fitness is something that could help with mental health issues yeah. and uh, depression and things like this? Yeah, I think fitness and health is on the same, within the same conversation, but it needs to be separated. Yes. If I go to a race, I'd rather be under-trained and super healthy. So I'd always say to people that I coach in the lead up to that big race, don't train as much because you're not going to get much fitter. Yeah. If you overtrain, you're going to make yourself very poorly. So that immune system comes down. So health, I'll always look upon it as an internal thing. That mental health, is the body functioning? Can you do day-to-day -day things, stress levels, 
whatever it may be. And then your fitness comes into, can I go and play football? Can I get involved in a boxing class in Dubai 3030? Yeah. And that mental health is how people use it, a vehicle of that mental health, whether it's to de-stress, just bring that confidence. Yeah. But again, it's quantifying. If you go into a class, you don't have to finish first for it to be a good day. Yeah. And no matter what I've done, however many world records, some days I just need to go for a walk for 30 minutes. And that is a massive win for me. Yeah. I think for, for me, if I, if I look at myself, I mean, like I said to you earlier on, I've tra- I didn't train until I was like 26. I just played football from the yeah. age 16. But my training now is different. When I was 26, I wanted a six pack and I wanted to be on men's out. Yeah. That was my thing. Never got into macronutrients. Yeah. And, and I never really got to that stage of pushing that. But I look at why I train now. I now accept I'm 37. I'm not going to be on the cover of Men's Health. No one's 37-year-old man. But I do it for a different reason. When I come into work, when I see my kids, when I'm uh, involved in social situations, I feel like I'm sharper, I'm more alert, I'm a happier and better person. I'm just a better version of yep. myself if I train. So I've got a weird religion. It has happened for the last six, seven months. I just, I, I, I'm not satisfied. If I've not trained in the morning, something's ate me up inside yep. and I'm just like, I know I've not trained. Yeah. And it's such an amazing trait to try and drill into yourself because I think it just makes you a better person. And this is, someone said to me, what would happen? Why do you wake up in the morning with that alarm? Yeah. Because I'll be a different person if I didn't. Really? And it's, I'm not always running for results. I'll go for a 30 minute run and go, right, I've got a busy day, I've got a presentation, yeah. and practice what I'm going to say. But I, I understand that. And there's some days when I get into marathon training for the next goal, I know it's result-based. But I found myself as a parent and working full-time job as a husband, my time is more valuable. If I've got an hour, I'm utilizing every minute of that. But when you're a teenager and you can spend three hours in the gym, oh, I'll do it again tomorrow, whatever. I'll do it twice tomorrow. When you've got valuable time, and that's the most valuable commodity people have, if they're investing in you with their time and you're investing in yourself, that has to be mental positivity. But again, if you're chasing someone else's goal, if you're not understanding why you're doing it and what you're getting from it, you're going to fail very quickly. Well, an- another reason, I was listening to a podcast the other day, another, a, a deeper reason to get into it. There was, um, <clears throat> they had a scientist on there talking about like the probability of all cause of death over the next 12 months. So basically the probability of you dying over the next 12 months and these statistics won't be exact, but as long as these lines, if you stop smoking, you decrease your chance of death by 10%. If you stop yeah. drinking, you decrease your, your, your risk by 10%. But if you start exercising, you decrease your risk of death by 50%. Yeah. Uh, so I, I, it's mind-blowing. This, this snapshot very quickly. My family's got high blood pressure. Always have. My nan has got high blood pressure since she was 20. My granddad died of high blood pressure. I got diagnosed with high blood pressure about 37 years ago. I went to the doctor, I had headaches and stuff, and he was like, Look, you've got high blood pressure, your tablets for the rest of your life. I was like, fucking hell, like, on tablets for the rest of my life. So, take these tablets called Micardis, brings your blood pressure down, headaches stop. And I thought to myself about two years ago, I was like, I can't live like this. Like, this is ridiculous. And I was Googling and researching, what, and the main thing that come with exercise. Anyway, fast forward two years from when I, was, I now run, I train, I do weights, I'm on no tablets, and my blood pressure is better than a normal than an athlete's. Yeah. And I think sometimes everyone's quick to get on the pills, and Honestly, medication sits within the exercise. Have you heard of someone called Gary Brecker? Is it Gary Brecker? Have you heard of him? No. Someone Brecker. Uh, he did work with Dana White, who's the, the, um, the owner of UFC. And um, he basically used to work for an insurance company, this guy, and he had a blood test, which tells you basically five key things that are, that are wrong with you, your body. 
And to cut a long story short, he did the blood test on Darno White. He gave him 10 years life expectancy. And Darno White was on 14 pills. He was on an oxygen mask at night to sleep because he had sleep apnea, et cetera, et cetera. He had the best money, uh, best doctor's money could buy. Oh, yeah. He worked with this guy, and that's similar to what you're saying, doesn't take any pills anymore. He's he yeah. exercises differently, he eats differently, and his complete and his life expectancy is shot up, it's completely changed his life. You are what you eat and you are what you do to your body. That's but it's massive. it's understanding just gotta be patient with it. Yeah. And I seen a tweet the other day saying be healthy enough that big pharma doesn't influence your life. Exactly what you've done. You're not yeah, big pharma, you don't need pills and stuff like that. Um, and that's what it comes down to, but it's understanding the patience of it. It's not tomorrow and you don't have to kill yourself every time. And just those simple things like looking at this office space now, the amount of natural light coming in, yeah. a bit of sunshine, drink some water, simple, simple things. Gain that routine to that 30-30 challenge. They say, I think it's 21 days to build that routine, becomes a habit, and then you start to build things. But people are just a little bit too impatient. They want it tomorrow. So the 30-30 challenge, how we'll wrap it up. Are you doing anything? Are you going to come train with Allsop and Allsop one day? Yep, let's go for a run. If, yeah. if Christian Valdini's running in the morning, then I've got a tenner. He's definitely running. Like, he's, he did quite beat someone, didn't he? Yeah, Christian Valdini after box class night had to pull his car over and lie on the side of the road. <laughs> yeah. I think he's, uh, is he 47 now? Yeah. Right, so uh, even though he looks quite young still, I'm like, I, you have to remember he's nearly 50 and he's still flying around with a 20-year-old. So yeah. Uh, yeah, we'll get you around. I'd love to have the uh, five-time world record holder come yep. down the North Side for a little, uh, little run, a little light one for you. Yep, I'll come down. Uh, thank you much for coming down. If You're anyone welcome. wants to work with you in the future, how do they get hold of you? Yeah, just on Instagram, Lee M. Ryan, not Lee Ryan from Blue, which is what I get tagged in. Yeah, fair <laughs> enough. Ridiculous amount of times. But just Lee M. Ryan, shoot me a DM. And we could have a chat about empowering with fitness journey, basically. Thank you very much for coming You're down. Welcome. Thank you very much. Cheers, mate.